stop. Daily thoughts. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. What up, guys? We're back. Another episode off for about a month because we got lazy and nothing happened at all with the hot stove. Um, but then things ha- heated up. That that happened. Um, you know, had turned up real. Yeah, good old Stevie Cohen gave us a nice old fashioned uh, "What the hell is going on here?" Um, yeah, traded for beloved uh, friend of the pod. Not really, just popular trade target. Um, Francisco Lindor made me sad. Yeah, all of our trade talks were for naught. He went to the other side of town, but at least the stove started to get rolling after that, and now we have something to talk about finally. So yeah. it's great. No more speculation. Yeah, Hal decided maybe I don't want this new yacht. Uh, broke the bank, gave a little money to DJ. That was pretty nice. We have our beloved machine back. Uh, six years, $90 million. How are we feeling about that? It's all right. I feel okay about it considering Lindor's off the market. The years are a lot more than anyone expected. I mean, everyone was comfortably between four and five, and we ended up at six, which was the compromise to get the AAV down, which is okay with luxury tax stuff, which we can talk about later considering there were some speculation that the penalties might go away soon for the luxury tax threshold. Um so we'll see what happens with that. But, I mean, I think the deal is fine. If it makes DJ happy that the Yankees finally came to him with an acceptable offer, um, I think it works. And especially in light of the Springer news that George was able to get 150 mil out of the Blue Jays at age 32, that we were able to keep DJ down to 90 over six, um, I think we're doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, people were – not really an argument that's being had but i honestly think that should be something that should be talked about like yeah i know we play different positions second's not much of a premium spot is center of course but i feel like paying a guy who's over 30 who plays a demanding position and will have to move to a corner and has also benefited from like a pretty notorious cheating scheme that much money over that many years is a little questionable but that's the price you got to pay when you come in second place so good job toronto Buffalo? We're playing Buffalo here, right? Yeah. Somewhere in America. Or North America, maybe. We'll see. Somewhere in the Americas. We're also the only Yankees podcast uh, that is uh, anti-Buffalo Bills, so we're definitely not. Yeah. They broke Dan's heart. Uh, Colts lost. They did. That was tough. Sorry, Broke my heart. Really did. I'm just glad the mess didn't get Springer, because Twitter especially some of the Mets pundits were getting a little insufferable with the assumption that they were getting Lindor, Springer, and McCann in the same offseason. Um, but, I mean, kind of egg on our face that we have to play the Blue Jays now with Springer. Um, but we'll see how he does now that it seems like he's on the decline. Um, yeah, the, the nice so thing we'll is... that turns out. Yeah, the nice thing is, like Sadheads are pointing out last night, they were like, his numbers against the Yankees, career-wise, not great, uh, batting below 200 in his career against us uh, all time. So hopefully it works in our favor and continues. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what happened to the Mets, man? Uh, thought Colin, I thought the whole point of Colin being worth $14 billion is that you can go in there and spend a lot of money and not have to worry about the luxury tax. I don't mean go absolutely nuts and sign everyone 
sight, like some people thought. But if there's a need and they kind of needed a center fielder, why not yeah. break the bank? Like, I guess they're I feel just like trying he... to see what's out there, but now you're left with Jackie Bradley Jr., so who knows? Yeah, no. arguably you need a right-handed hitter more than you need a left-handed hitter, obviously, like for sure. Yeah. But Maybe the Conforto extension is probably going to cost them a little bit more than they wanted. Yeah, for sure. I think my counterpoint to that would just be like, again, like you're blowing past a luxury tax. Like he's worth $14 billion with a B. Like you don't have to really worry about the luxury tax or shouldn't at least. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he was just like, uh, he said he didn't want to flip prospects. He didn't want to go crazy with that. Obviously they didn't break the bank at all for Lindor really in terms yeah. of uh, prospect depth. That trade was pretty meh on yeah. all fronts. Uh for Cleveland, to be totally honest, but I don't know. I felt like they could have afforded at least Conforto plus Lindor long term, and then probably fit Springer as well if you just kind of adjusted AAV around. But not my yeah. money, not my team, so couldn't care less. No problems from this part, but I mean, we got DJ. Um, speaking of the Lindor deal, I mean, kind of sour grapes that we couldn't swing a deal of similar caliber, but um, after you know, the Castillo stuff came to light, which we are talking about later. Seems yeah. like teams are focusing on Glaber Torres as the main trade chip in all future Yankee deals going forward. Um, so yeah. I think DJ was the best thing that we could figure out um, for that shortstop second base position. Um, right. And I think, I think the thing that Cash did with the AAV, um, I know it's six years, so we'll see what happens towards the end of DJ's career, but I think considering the implications that it has on the luxury tax, I think this was a good deal for both sides. Six years is six years, man. I'm just turned 24 yesterday. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in the next six years. Like DJ could still continue to rake. Not a soul would be shocked or he could decline and also not a soul would be shocked. Like, I don't think we're going to, it shouldn't matter right now. Yeah. That's just like down the line that they're going to figure out and hopefully he does continue to rake. Um, yeah, we're going to go back to the Glaber thing, but like there's obviously a gap between when Lindor got traded and then they signed DJ. So I guess like our thought process during that time, we were going to originally discuss uh, like other moves instead of DJ. Like, did you want anyone like I did, but did, were you like interested in anyone aside from DJ? Like if he had moved on, because there were some heavy, like him to Toronto or him to LA rumors out there. Yeah. I mean, they said that he was close to Toronto I don't know how true that is since Toronto was ending up in second place, but then they did end up breaking the bank. Um, and then the offers that came out to him from the Dodgers and the Mets, I believe were pretty underwhelming. So I don't think there was that big of a threat. Um, so it did turn out the Yankees were essentially bidding against themselves like everyone expected. Um, but if DJ did leave, go somewhere else. Um, and we were looking past Lindor now at this point and then to the next off season, I was kind of looking at, Trevor Story, um, seeing what we can do with that, considering the past success we've had with Rocky's reclamation projects. Um, of which he's know. not really one, obviously, because he's a pretty good star, but it's just like that whole core stigma like does play up. Yeah. Not doesn't play up, doesn't hold up as well in Yankee Stadium. They usually do yeah, well. Mile high pipeline. Yeah, exactly. They're just a triple A team, really, if you think about it. Um Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Story was one guy. I think we were both interested. In. Honestly, I would have been cool with swinging a trade for him because uh, Rockies seem like they want to get payroll down, although they haven't moved either Arenado or Story yet. Um, 
I think they want to hold on to stories like what I'm gathering and Arenado they would like to move, but a lot of teams are concerned about that opt-out that Arenado has. Um, regardless of that, uh, the other guy who's like also interested in was Javi Baez. That was more of a next offseason thing because I think you would have to break the bag for him like this year. And like, I don't think I would have been cool with like, okay, here's a bunch of prospects for yeah. Javi. As much as I love him as a player, but yeah. Personal that would just be yeah, that would have just been like a 2021, like, okay, we're going to go all in on signing him, Glaber and him with the medal, Cubs fans can cry. Um, on the cheaper end, it was, it was the DD reunion. I think we were most interested in if we had missed out on DJ. I mean, that's the one like, that seemed like it was happening. DD was tweeting some, I guess, mysterious things. He posted a photo on Instagram of him in his Yankees garb, sans the logos. But um, it seemed like there was a reunion coming um, with – DJ's discontent with Cashman not speeding up the process and him talking to other teams. So that's kind of where my mind was going um, as the days moved on, but we did stumble on the deal. So uh, we move forward. Yeah, we got it done. Uh, and we got an added bonus. A little cherry on top the same day. Uh, DJ uh, got a robot friend, uh, Corey Kluber, coming to the Yanks, one year, $11 million deal. Um, that was a little pricey, honestly, but you're banking an upside here. Former Cy Young Award winner in 2018. Uh, been a little injured past couple of seasons. Although one of them was fluky because I think he broke his forearm or something like that, like off of a comebacker or something like that, and then missed 2019. And then last year, he had some soft tissue injuries, which are always a concern because Yankees and soft uh, tissue injuries go together as well as rum and coke. So don't like to see that. Um, but I do think that he should rebound pretty well. I'm going to take the glass uh, half-full approach. He'll be in New York, uh, reunited with Matt Blake, who comes from the Cleveland system. Eric Cressy, our strength conditioning guy, he knows him like he's done. I think he works out with him usually during the offseason. So they have the inside track on that. That's usually how these things work. Um, yeah, am I expecting full ace form? No, but if he could be like a solid three and just eat innings for us, like Tanaka has been doing, like Tanaka had been doing the past few years, I'd be set with that. We'll also get the Masa in a second, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, this just seems like a Masa placeholder because it does seem like Tanaka's gone. I don't know where he's going, but just seems like there hasn't been any engagement from the Yankees side. So Kluber does seem like the guy who's going to be here to take that role. Um, I guess my only concern, non-injury related, concern is that it does seem like he's being slotted in at the number two position right now in the rotation which doesn't seem like the place where you want Corey Kluber to be at this point in his career um, he does seem like he'd be a better fit in that three maybe even a four position um, hopefully you know he hits a peak performance year and he does excel at a three or even hits the level of a, a number two starting pitcher position um, but you know, it's kind of worrisome that we're relying on him to be our number two kind of shutdown guy after Garrett Cole. Yeah, you're all baking an upside here. I mean, like that, if the team's confident going in with it, then like we should all feel relatively confident. That's kind of like one school of approach I've seen on this, like school of thought. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I do like what we've done. I think we're on paper probably about the same as last year. You're assuming, uh, yeah, Kluber takes just all of Moss's innings from last year. Cole at the top, of course, yeah. and then some order of Monty, Herman, Debbie, Schmidt, something like that, as of right now. Um, and then at some point in the faraway future, Severino reemerges. Yeah. The 
downside of that is that you're banking on Kluber being healthy the entire year, and then you're also banking on uh, Herman coming back and being able to pitch after you're off. Which we don't uh, know if he's going to come back at all. We're not, yeah, we're not 100% sure. He didn't really look too great in the Dominican League, apparently, like the Winter League. So I don't know yeah. how I feel about him being slotted in. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, no, he's like easily another ace. Uh, his numbers from 2019, they were solid, obviously. A little inflated. He got a lot of good yeah. run support um, from what the numbers honestly say. So I don't really know if he's the ace that everyone's expecting. Definitely not. Um, but he's a good middle of the rotation spot if he can come back and pitch like he was before. So not yeah. and then banking Severino just immediately falling back into ace form again. Yeah, so. right after Tommy John. I mean, that's you know not uh, ideal <laughs> necessarily. Um, no. um, but yeah, I still think that there's another move to be had here. I don't think we're done. If we are done, then you know, fine, we'll go to war with the guys we Walker. have, and then he's still start. coming. Taiwan Walker. Oh. Walker. <laughs> Taiwan Walker. Oh yeah, Taiwan Walker was on a weird Twitter thing the other day. He was tweeting at Aaron Hicks uh, and just liking a bunch of like he's coming to New York tweets, but no one could really figure it out. And then he was just like, "Oh, it's not about that or something." So yeah, we don't know what's good there. I think he's on a trolling rampage for one night, and it was very annoying keeping up with that. Just trying to stay awake to see if any news broke, and then at some point just realizing it was it was dumb. Yeah, we were coming off right off the heels of just like Kluber and DJ signing. So we were like, oh, is something else about to come down the pipe? Like, is, ca- is the madman about to, is the cash man going to do something yeah. else? Like, it's, is that? Cash was just trying to get done with all of his work in one day and go back to vacation. But yeah, it, that was pulling, he's, pulling the, he's pulling the sleeping bag over his eyes, buddy. That's, <laughs> he just wants to go back to sleep. Yeah. You poke the man too, you poke the bear too much. He just wanted to go to sleep. Um, yeah, I still think there's a move to be had. Um, but if not, we go to the, we go to war with the guys we have. It's a pretty good roster on paper. Obviously, you're banking more on upside than anything else. Um, people today with the well, Brantley was supposed to be signed. Michael Brantley was supposed to be signing with the Jays today, and then literally before we started recording, he swerved in the last second. And, uh, Houston swooped in and gave him the exact same deal he gave him before. Two years, thirty-two million. Apparently, uh, waiting on like official report of that. But people are talking about how the Jays probably have the better lineup in the AL. Because they signed him, I fully disagree. Um, I think it's a wash, honestly. They're comparable. Yeah, I uh, mean, I maybe give us a slight edge in rotation, Hang on, depending on how Kluber turns out. It is. So. It is Houston. Buster only used to. Okay. Out. Okay. So That's fit. didn't want but to move it, and didn't want to go to Canada. Eventually. Yeah. Not at all. Um, yeah. Not this year. Um, I thought it was a wash. I mean. Even now on paper, not too bad. Like they'd have, I think it's going to Springer playing center, and then in the corners probably Grichik and Tasker Hernandez, I believe, are the two corner yeah. outfielders. Um, uh, the first base and pitching situation, are pro- like that. Ryan Tellez is playing first base for them. That's I was telling Dan before, like other people, it was it's kind of like us banking on gary rebounding as well like Telez gives you a lot of power but nothing else and that's literally exactly what gary offers you at this point yeah um and then their pitching is just about as good as ours like reeves a step down from cole but obviously pretty good pitcher and then a bunch of question marks so i, I think it's a wash they got yates of course but that they needed that for our bull, their bullpen our bullpen not too bad even as is so like it's a wash i think 
we'll both be competitive. It'll probably be the two of us, and then the race is doing their weird race thing. But at least, I mean, the Blue Jays do have the thickest baseball boy. So they do. Alejandro Kirk. Eat your heart out, Pablo Sandoval. No, don't actually do that. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't eat that. Um, yeah, we also thought another big move was coming down. Like the whole weekend, we were just kind of bracing for it. And then Saturday night, or no, Sunday night, it came to a head. We were like, oh my God, is it really happening? Uh, Dan mentioned it before, but Luis Castillo rumors were in full swing out of the DR. They were just like, yeah, no, it's it's coming. And Jeff Passan just swatted it down like the Kembe Matumbo. Yeah, but now all the beat reporters are being thrown under the bus for being wrong about Brantley and every other player. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to hear the dead. It it does kind of seem a little dead. I was going to ask you, like, do you think it's just just that's it? We're not going to get him, probably, or do you think there's any shot? I mean, the way I interpreted that the tweet that sent off the firestorm that was the Yankees are getting Luis Castillo is Mm -hmm. um, that that guy was made aware of the offer that the Yankees made. Cause he made mention that there was a big bat. Um, and I think yeah. he heard about the Glaber ask and yeah, that he, he had just to assume this was going through, but I don't think that the trade was even close to being completed. I just think that guy heard about um, what was being exchanged. Um, and I'm assuming Cashman just turned off his phone after Glaber was returned. Um, so yeah yeah he have that the guy who got it probably had something going together and just got his wires crossed on like what exactly like the big bat was like because we were talking we were, we were putting together trying to everyone else as well as us we're trying to put together like a framework like what does this deal look like we knew like clint's probably involved in there because they had interest in him it was him they prefer schmidt over debbie and then anduhar those are like the three big pieces i guess like in the deal like or that were the reds were rumored to have liked um, and then it probably would have been like that. Maybe it's another piece like that for Castillo. And then like to get the price down from Glaber, they, pr- we probably just take on a contract like Moustakas or Castellanos, I think. Right. Like that was the basic gist of what we thought. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and then Clint tweeted out the, I'm not leaving GIF. Video. So I think he knew that we all expected him to leave after that. Um, yeah. So I think everyone was on the same page about what the expectations of the trade were, um, except for we were all very wrong, apparently. And Glaber was what was supposed to be on the table and apparently thrown right off because that trade was not going to go through. Yeah, I don't really get this notion. Like, it, it hasn't been our fans. Like, we're all, like, dedicated to, like, having Glaber here. But this weird beat reporter thing where they're like oh like joel sherman especially from the post is just like oh they hate his defense that means he could be on the trade block because there's a ton of shortstops available next winter i'm like i he hits like he literally rakes i don't yeah they live with jeter for years at shortstop i think they're kind of okay like the Glaber's nowhere near that bad i think they're fine with him there i don't think they'll move off of him to be totally honest so i like i don't get it uh conversely on the fan side, I just want to talk about this whole notion of like, why are we holding on to Clint as like not? This is not an anti-Clint Brazier thing. I just want to know why are people holding on to him so much? Like he's this untouchable piece. I think part of it has to do with the double return, um, and I think, or not the double return, but similar to the thing with Glaber and Chapman, where we got 
Glaber for Chapman, and then we got Chapman back. There's just this feeling that when we get this, not transcendent, but MLB caliber and then eventual starting prospect that we need to hold on to them because it shows that we are somehow like suave in the trade market and we know what we're doing and it proves that we are capable of making moves that make us a championship caliber franchise that makes the Yankees who they are. And I think there's just this fear that if we give up on these people and these players before they come into their prime or what's supposed to be their prime that we're giving away potentially, um, you know, this all-star or this superstar caliber player that we don't know about yet. And I think that's their fear that Clint is going to turn into this all-star level outfielder that we don't know about. Yeah, I totally get that notion. Like Clint obviously broke out this year. He filled it in a big way because we had a bunch of injuries. I love his game, of course. Like his battery plays up anywhere. His defense got better. Like that was the big thing. It was like, is his defense going to hold up at all? Is he a long-term DH? Like what, what's the deal? But kid's got a rifle of an arm. And I plays the, he was a gold club finalist, which is hilarious. 60 game season, of course, but like the yeah. returns are good. I think he should maintain that defense. He said the concussions that he'd suffered like severely affected his defense. So hopefully he's over that and he continues to do, you know, as well as he's been doing. My whole thing is that you're trading Clint to get back Luis Castillo. I get it. Like a lot of people are just like, oh, he's not the ace there. Like, you know, Bauer was last year before that it was Sonny Gray. I, I don't want to hear that. I'm like, all the peripherals are good. Like his fastball changeup combo is disgustingly good. Like he averages 97 on the fastball and then like a full, I think seven mile per hour less on the changeup with crazy movement. Like he would easily be your number two behind Cole. Probably yeah. honestly your number two when Sevy comes back too. You don't have to put as much pressure on him coming back and like, okay, this is your number two. He has to perform to that standard. Um, yeah. The whole point of trading Clint is that you're getting an equally good piece back. Also, the corner outfield can be easily covered, not only by the depth that we have. Like, I know we wouldn't be too thrilled if it was talk running out there every day or Greg Allen or whoever, but there's a ton of corner outfielders available in free agency. Um, the Brantley rumors, because he was connected to us for a little bit, they made sense because it was like, okay, if you move Clint off, why would you, like, you know, or why would you sign Brantley if, like, the outfield looks full? Well, in this case, you're probably flipping Clint and then getting Brantley to fill in for him, which is kind of like my vision of the whole thing. This is like even before Castillo, like before the Castillo rumors, it was just like, okay, maybe Clint's involved in the deal for Lindor. Um, there's still a bunch of options out there. It was like Puig Silville, we've been connected to him. Uh, our yeah. beloved Brett Gardner <laughs> still out there as well. Um, always floating around, ready to come back. Always. Um, yeah, I there, there were ways to fill in for Clint. Obviously, you're not going to fully replicate his offense, what he did last season. Of course not. Like, that's not going to be a one-for-one. One. That's just not how it works. But I I don't get the notion that he should be off limits. You can you can replace him at least for a year or two. And then after that, you, the farm system is pretty not well-stocked with, like, like top-tier outfield prospects. But, like, obviously, we know the Martians hanging around there somewhere. We're all kind of begging him to make his debut in day now, which is – Probably not going to yeah. 100% happen, but he's in the system. Floreal hopefully takes a leap forward this year. Like there were, there are options within our system, and then also without. So I, I'm not saying trade Clint for peanuts. I'm saying like you're, if you're going to get back a guy like Luis Castillo or someone else, like you know of that same caliber, yeah, I do that deal every day. But they're hanging on to him, which is fine. I'm, I, I think for now, I and possibly for foreseeable future, I'm, I'm cool with it. I have nothing against him. I love Clint. His game's great, um, yeah, but I don't get this notion. That... 
Yeah, I don't get this notion that he's untouchable. I think we've hyped him up a little too much to the point where it's just like, all right, if he's going to help the team, like, I think you move him. That's just how it is. I mean, it does seem like everyone's untouchable, or everyone is touchable, rather, I should say, until their name emerges in a rather serious trade talk. Like, everyone's ready yeah. to give up Clint for Lindor. And then once the Castillo stuff comes out, no, 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 wait, never mind. We can't give up Frazier. Yeah, that I mean, wasn't the guy I wanted. Voight, too. No one yeah, wanted to like give up Voight. No, it's like, that's not the guy I wanted to give up for him. It's like, all right, I mean, there are good players that we're giving them up for. We're not giving them up for schmucks, honestly. Like, it's not like, okay, here's Clint Frazier for, I don't know, I'm trying to think like a more wishy want. Like, if it was like Joe Musgrove, who we were connecting to, I would have been like, okay, that's too much. Like, Musgrove is good. Don't get me wrong. But that's like a yeah. number, that's a back end starter that you're getting, not a number two or an ace yeah. in this, like in some cases. So, um, where do you think we go next? Um, if there's any other moves to be had, to be totally honest, because the free yeah. agent market's a little stale now after all the pieces started moving. Um, and I don't think we're in on Trevor Bauer, nor should we be. So that's good. He's still out there. <laughs> he is. He's going to be annoying and drag this out until February, isn't he? I'm assuming he's waiting until the day before. Pitchers and catchers. Starts. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's going to be fun. I can't wait I for that. Yeah, oh yeah, totally gonna love that. Yeah, but yeah. I'm assuming maybe turn to the bullpen a little bit, just see if you can fine tune this anywhere. I know, I think we're close to the the tax line, right? We're fairly. Yeah, slow. we're about. We got about five mil, like just under six mil to play with. Which I'm gonna kick ourselves now because we decided to pass on Yates. Like, yeah, he went. Excuse me, he went top. to. Uh, yeah, he went to Toronto because they were like, oh, yeah, it's eight and a half million. I was like, okay, I'm like, it's a little much. Like, he had elbow injuries last year. And then they were like, no, actually, it's five and a half million. It's like, how did you smudge the eight to a five? Like, and then we just were like, okay, whatever, yeah. who cares? <laughs> so dumb. But yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I think we do address something. Uh, Tanaka is the guy I think everyone wants back. And I don't think the Yankees care to have him back at all, which is going to be sad. It's that's going to be a sad, uh, video that gets posted and thrown around all over social media all the memories from that but yeah i don't think he's coming back and it seems like he's going back to japan based on some of the rumors that are going around although um a lot of the writers have been wrong today about brantley among other things so who knows what's going on with that yeah a lot of a lot of misinformation out there uh i heard a rumor earlier or at least my i heard on the fan that like he might have like a four-year offer on the table from japan uh, either with his own team, like his former team, uh, or another different team. Um, but yeah, I think he's probably going to get hit back there unless the Yankees decide to bring him back. Although his demands, according to SNY, were about a year and 15 to 20 million worth of. Um, I'm not doing that if I'm cash. Like, I'd love to blow yeah. past the luxury tax. I don't know, like, if I would do 15 mil, though, for him. Yeah. It is just, just one, one year, of course. One less yacht. No. <laughs> the, the SS Rona needs to sail yet again on the shores of the Hudson River, all right? Halsa. Works a little. <laughs> Halsa, uh, Jerry Jones' uh, war room yacht for the for the last NFL draft and was like, I got to top that, baby. <laughs> um, no one can top that. No, no one can. Jerry um, flexes everyone. 
Yeah, you need some points. I mean, not for the anthem. Just wink at the camera. <laughs> Do some hard, hard flexing there. Uh, but yeah, I don't think Tanaka's back. That's going to suck because this is going to be, what, the second or third offseason in a row where we're losing just the key piece. Like, big guy yeah. for like that 2017 squad that was so fun, of course. I don't want to keep hugging on to that team, of course. Like, I, like the members of the team are great, and it's always going to be like a what if, but I don't want to keep hugging on to them too, too much. But it sucks. We've lost Didi. We're probably going to lose uh, Tanaka now. Uh, you know, CC's gone, and then I. Gardner is up in the air at this point. So we've lost a couple guys from that team. There's always going to be turnover, though. You're never going to keep the same team. Um, there were some, not rumors, but like there were some options listed out um, that I saw that we could be possibly attached to. Joe Musgrove was like the other guy that I was hoping we were going to get. But of course, uh, you know, the Padres swooped in and did the dad's thing. They decided to snatch him up for their own and even get the Mets in on this. They got us to pick, stop picking up the phone when the Padres call because they keep getting their way. Yeah, I don't like this. Don't like what is Preller doing? He's just printing money on that warehouse in left field, right? Like that's what that's for. It's the only reason that they have it out there. Yeah, They've Western been bad for Met. so long just to get this scam over on us. Now they're good. What? Western Metal Supply Company. Yeah, okay. I, I'm yeah. not buying that at all. Um, but yeah, uh, there's. Like it. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely. Uh, they're making moves good for the Padres. Um, yeah, Musgrove yeah. was a guy that I wanted. Uh, and the prospect return was kind of suspect, honestly. It was it wasn't that great from what people were saying. But anyways, uh there were like five options that Joel Sherman listed that we could possibly go after. Uh Herman Marquez from the Rockies, uh Pablo Lopez from the Marlins, Brandon Woodger from the Brewers, uh, and then the two bigger ones were Zach Allen from the Diamondbacks and then Kyle Hendricks from the Cubs. Um, what do you think? I'm going to stand Kyle Hendricks for this argument because I think he might be more attainable. Um, and I would like to have him on the starting rotation, please. Just please make Dan's day. He's basically yeah, like a wish kid at this point. Uh, no, yeah, uh, Hendricks probably the most appealing option there. Um, guy's an ace, not like he's not a hard thrower, so he kind of goes converse to what we usually do. He's more of like a throwback, uh, Greg Maddox type. Throws pretty soft and has great movement with the ball. So that's something that's pretty interesting. I think at that point, though, like they're not actively selling him because the Cubs themselves need pitching, anyways. Yeah. So I think in after that Darby, point, it's kind of empty. Yeah, like they probably will move Chris Bryant and then possibly Wilson Contreras after this, and like that's it. I think that's they're done trying to shed salary after like one or two of those. I think you'd have to blow them away, and then you're probably going to have to do something comparable to like what the Castillo rumors are. So at that point, I'd rather just have Luis Castillo over Kyle Hendricks. That's my thought process on it, at least. Yeah. Like, it's not worth it. But I, think I mean, would be a little bit less. Yeah. Yeah, just a tad, For probably. They have Hendricks. the same. Yeah, they have the same amount of years left, but Hendricks is older, so the price might go down just a bit. But at that point, I think you just go all on Castillo. Um, if they can still be had. Uh, after that, Zach Allen from the Dimex is a pretty interesting one. He had a great year this past season. Um, and he's under, like, he's not, he hasn't even hit arbitration yet. Like, that's the crazy thing. He's still, I don't, I can't really see the Diamondbacks making him available unless they just completely think, like, no, we're never going to be able to compete with the uh, the Padres or the, uh, the, the Dodgers, which, I mean, I think the rest of us kind of believe that, but he's had great numbers the past, like, 
two seasons. Yeah, two seasons. 2019 and 2020 is only pitch, but he's had great numbers both years. He finished ninth in Cy Young voting. Uh, I would love to have him, but that that's also going to cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah. Looking over like, Woodruff staff's net stats now from last season, they're looking pretty good. They're not bad. It's good middle rotation stuff, right? Like at least like a number three. Yeah. I mean, he's got a sub one whip, always like that. And his FIP is pretty low and pretty comparable to his ERA. So, you know, his stats seem like they are pretty consistent, not elevated by anything out of the ordinary. So I think that would be a good option. Except for playing against the Mickey Mouse Ale and NL Central. That's the only issue at hand. Um, That is a fair point. Yeah. But the year before, he was an all-star and actually pitched relatively well uh, in 2019. So there's hope that he actually might just be this like decent i think i think he'd be a solid number three that that's not a bad yeah. option either i like to have him um i think he's arbitration. yeah he's arbitration eligible so you i think you have him for at least another two years three years so that's that's not a bad trade i i wouldn't mind him at all uh marquez was the other guy that he mentioned um from the rockies he's put up like really good numbers he's like one of the few guys the rays have traded away who's actually been like good after the fact um yeah. He pitches really well at Coors Field, which is obviously not uh, not easy to do at all. Um, yeah, 3.75 ERA, 3.28 uh, FIP, and then the whip was just above 1.2, so that's not terrible. Um, he yeah, seems like he, the most attainable option. Yeah, because the Rockies are just – they, they, they want to move pieces around, so I would love to just try and snag him. Um, Especially now in the powerhouse West, just try to <laughs> entice them with some, some bats – yeah, the only problem is just like uh, Birdridge or Birdridge, uh, whoever their GM is. Like, he's just very stingy when it comes, like, very stingy when it comes to trades. He doesn't like to move guys, even though, like, I think they just, they're kind of hemorrhaging money. They're just like, okay, we need to move salary somehow. Like, if we could take on a yeah. crappy contract with him, it'd probably be the same deal as a Castillo trade. So I wouldn't hate it. Um, he's only 26. He's going to be 26. Uh, that's not a bad deal at all, honestly. I would love that. Um, I think it has to take on Ian Desmond though, which would not be great for us. <laughs> yeah, that that the reaction says it all. Um, it probably has to be like him, or like yeah. you'd you'd say like, okay, we take on uh, like Arenado as well, and that still is going to cost you, like, because they're not going to trade Arenado for peanuts. I don't think they would do that. Um, no, they don't want to get that money off. But they they you'd have to attach a bad contract to how much to to Marquez because he's just that good. Is the issue at hand? Yeah. Uh, Pablo Lopez from the Marlins. The Marlins were good this year, and I did not pay attention to them at all. I can honestly say that. I don't think most um, people did, so I don't blame you. The only time I paid attention was when they were like, "Okay, there's a coronavirus outbreak," and we were just like, "Okay, good." So Miami is not a factor this year. Um, yeah, and they did okay. Yeah, they did. They made the playoffs, and then they, you know, they won. A little bit. Um, yeah, his number's pretty solid last year. Uh, 3.61 ERA. Just below a sub, 1.2 whip. Uh, how many strikeouts did he have? Um, 59 strikeouts, 57 innings. Okay, so about a strikeout per inning. Um, yeah, he's pretty solid. I think he has – I don't know if he's arbitration eligible just yet. No, he's not arbitration eligible until next year. So that's pretty solid too. Um, so you're going to get a decent amount of team control. Yeah. <laughs> keep that money down um yeah he's he won't be free until 2025 wow okay yeah so he's not owed like any money at all he's only 24 um he's about 25 okay yeah so i mean i think the marlins probably asked for a little bit too much for him i because i think what 
Victor Sherman was saying, like that's at least going to cost you Frazier. Uh, that's obviously more just speculation yeah. than anything else. But I, I could I could see that just because he's got so many years of team control. Problem I mean, is, I don't I know think, if you really. Yeah. Uh, just thinking about these trade targets because we're talking about National League guys right now. I think the National League Central might be the place you want to poach people because targets in the West and the East are probably going to try to bat race right now, um, especially if you're talking Marlins or Rockies um, or even Diamondbacks a little bit. Um, like you said with Colin, they're going to want a lot more pieces or a lot better pieces to try to maintain with the Padres, Dodgers in the West. And then in the East, now they're going to want to maintain with the Mets, the Nats, the Braves, and then maybe even the Phillies. Um, so I guess we're just talking about the Marlins then, but, um, yeah, so I think the central might be the place where you can get quality pitching for less than you're going to have to give up in these other divisions. Yeah, that's more or less the theory that I've been hearing that the central's like kind of just hemorrhaging money at this point. Like they lot like the the central division teams lost a lot of money outside of like the bigger markets like Chicago, unless you were the Cubs for some reason. Um, or the or the Twins, I think the Twins and the Cubs, the Twins and the White Sox are the only two teams that really have money at this point. Um, everyone else lost a lot of money, because uh, they're usually in smaller markets, obviously in the Midwest. So they're looking to shed payroll any way, shape, or form. So a lot of these guys like Hendricks or Woodruff um castillo as well sunny gray from the reds too like they're looking to move them in some shape or form so i if you're gonna make a move it's probably there i don't uh castillo still my white whale i don't know if that I, I honestly don't know if those trade talks get revived i have slim hope i have some hope that they do um but a lot of people are just like down the dead in the water uh if not cash make a move pivot to someone else please um preferably I mean, who knows maybe someone leaked the the trade talks in the hopes that the Reds would now talk down knowing that they're dead. No one's going to talk to them about Castillo if the price is so high and cash, cash. can re-engage for us. He definitely did. He, that would be my he, was one hope for this. he was playing the long cone. Um, but yeah. Hopefully we do add a starter. If not, I mean, bullpen pieces are still out there. I don't really, we've gone over them before. A Robertson reunion would be really cool. I think, uh, but that wouldn't be like my number one, like, yeah, the bullpen's fixed type deal um it'd have to be other pieces as well but i still think there's one more move to be made before spring training starts so stay tuned um and not correct order. that's not the move just yeah i don't no all right i it's time to move on <laughs> i've had i love the guard dog but we need to it, it's time it's, it's time, time for the 2009 World series championship team to end it's time. He's had he's had his moment in the sun. Let him sign in Philly and just reunite with Joe and Didi and whoever else is there from that team. I just just let him do that. Or go off in retirement in South Carolina. I don't care. I love Brett, but I don't see a fit for him under this team right now. Unless he wants to coach, but I don't really know if he's into that. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's more or less it. Um, we're going to try to keep doing... Uh, these episodes, like, as stuff comes in, uh, maybe do, like, a – we're going to get to this in a sec. But, like, when the Hall of Fame ballot comes out, like, when the official, like, final votes come out, we're going to – we'll probably do a reaction episode of that. Um, yeah. Like a quick one. And once spring training starts, pitchers and catchers report, get a little bit more signings, episodes will be more frequent. So, we're yeah, I mean, like, I'm not – All of the offseason. Yeah. I'm not – we're not going to promise anything. Um, I think – like the dream would be to do like at least episodes like every other week during spring training and then during the season we'll do them a little more as frequently. Much as we just can, like I would say as much as we can. 
you know, as much as we can, as much as you guys will want to hear our thoughts on what happened throughout the week and whatnot. We'll probably just be weekly episodes. We're not going to double up unless something really big happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's basically it. The hot stove is heating up finally. There's a little bit of a thaw. Um, there's still big deals to be made. We'll probably talk about bigger deals that relate to the Yankees as well, like is the convenient timing of, of Lindor to DJ to Springer was like a very tangentially related thing to the Yankees. They were yeah. involved in two of them, and then they didn't even make a deal for Lindor technically, but they were involved in two of them at least, and then Springer obviously went to the arrival. So if the Red Sox make a move and it hampers up us in any way, shape, or form, we might talk about that. Uh, although Heim Bloom seems that he's pretty satisfied with the roster as is, unless he wants to trade Ben Attendee. <laughs> yeah. Not Benny Biceps. I mean, All right. so we've been hearing for every weekend for the last three weeks that he's leaving. So, yeah, we'll they were like, happens. yeah, Miami, it, it's happening any minute now. And we just kept waiting and waiting. And then another rumor came out the other night where it's like, OK, they might not trade him at all. I was like, all right. I don't know what the Red the Sox only are doing, time so. that's happened was with Kluber. where They're like, all right, it's happening like very, very soon. And then in, thanks to our luck, it happened to us. So, yeah, the only time just like, yeah. that I be worried about that. Only and Heyman tweet out the same thing like 20 times in a row. And we were just like, is anything going to happen? Give us two teams, give us at least three teams that like are like, this is going to happen. And then yeah. they finally narrowed down. It was like, it's New York. And it was just like, which New York team? And then like someone was like, the Mets are out. And we were like, okay, so it's us. Like, just someone give us the terms. The offseason yeah. has been frustrating as hell. I mean, there's no easy way around it. But good things are coming down the pipe, uh, hopefully for us. All right. Let's do this. Mind the gap. Oh, yeah. Mind the gap, baby. Hall of Fame time. Deck. All right. We have our 2021 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot in front of us. Yeah. You're going to try to try to use all 10 votes. Um, yeah. And then because we're not cowards. We're not, we're not morally superior to anyone else. We're not. We'll invoke the moral clause when it actually applies to things, but we're not judge, jury, and executioner when it comes to like a lot of other things as well. Like there's there's a fine line we're walking at least i don't know nothing's perfect the hall of fame ballot is very flawed the hall of fame itself is flawed it's a museum our first vote to vote for nobody that's that's what we're saying yeah we're not cowards all right we're not that it's not the it's not the hall of roland i can't believe one guy used his entire ballot just to vote for scott Rowland. what are you doing buddy um yeah so, Dan, you want to go first? Who's on your Hall of Fame ballot for 2021 that we don't actually have? Yeah, I'm assuming our top four or five are around the same. So I'm going to rattle off my top four um, real quick, and then I'll let you do your top four. Um, All right. So number one, Barry Bonds. Plain and simple. Best hitter probably ever. Definitely of our generation. Um yeah, Number two, Roger Clemens. Just about time he got in. Those two oh guys God. obviously mired by steroids um, and writers claiming moral superiority, claiming that guys who belong in the Hall didn't do steroids, although there have been allegations against several members of the Hall of Fame that they have done steroids. Um, so Pudge, Pudge is in there. Like, <laughs> he yeah. was on the Mitchell Report. Pudge is in there. Yeah. We're about to so, like, Ortiz has been named a lock for the Hall of Fame for the past, I don't know, five years since he's retired or whatever. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. Pud, Yatza, Biggio, so. Just Yatza allegedly. 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 All allegedly. 
all allegedly. But, but yeah. still, it's just it's it's dumb. Like put them in. It um, doesn't matter. Everyone, not everyone was using, but enough people were using where it doesn't matter at this point. Number three, Todd Helton, yeah. who Todd is being overlooked, probably the original Todd father, being overlooked yeah. due to the Colorado disadvantage. Um, Tennessee's best quarterback of all time. Um, and then Richard number four, Harlan. Billy Wagner, who I think belongs in maybe that top three, top five closer conversation with all right. Mo. Now, now we're getting somewhere. I like that. I yeah. like that a lot. That, that's a solid top four. I I'll beat for beat. You. Yeah, beat for beat. I got those top four easily. Those are locks. Bonds, greatest hitter of all time, probably. Um, Clemens, probably one of the best pitchers we've ever seen. And we, if he doesn't get inducted with the, the clip of uh, Susan Walden freaking out about him coming back to the Yankees, I will riot. <laughs> All right. That has to be played at his Hall of Fame speech. Um, Helton obviously always gets a lot of slack because of the horror Corvers bias. Um, I mean, Larry Walker made it in last year. So I would, like, Todd Helton had really good numbers. Put him in there. And then Hireman is head coach next at uh, Tennessee football. Since you guys clearly have issues there at head coach. Um, and Billy Wagner, yeah, he's definitely one of the top closers of all time. Obviously not in that, like, Mo Hoffman tier. Although I did see some arguments to say, like, he might have been better than Hoffman without, like, the, the raw save numbers. Like, his strikeout per nine ratio is, like, way better than Hoffman's. So he's really good. I think those four are locks. Um, in addition to them, I had Scott Rowland on there. Silky smooth third baseman. Was kind of chased out of Philly unfairly uh, back in the day, and then just kept putting up really good numbers with the Cardinals and the Reds after that, uh, and the Jays as well. Uh, Gary Sheffield, also one of the best, most electric bats of all time. Like his fielding was terrible, obviously, but that, that dude is just the definition of a hitter. He had the most violent swing I think we've ever witnessed, um, and then just always seemed to put the ball in play. Like he's comparable to Vlad in a lot of sense just without the feeling accolades. So I think that Chef should make the Hall of Fame. Um, who else did I have on mine? Uh, Andrew Jones. Uh, it's like a ticky-tacky argument for him. I've gone back and forth on like whether or not he really should be a Hall of Famer, but his like first 10 years of being really good were really good. Like just behind, I think, what Griffey did in his prime, I think, was like that, that was the comparison or like just a shade above what Griffey did. So I think his peak should warrant a Hall of Fame vote as well. Um, he is one of the best defensive center fielders of all time. And honestly, one of the best like offensive outfielders of all time. His offense prowess is very good. 434 home runs, really good base dealer back in the day. He played in the world series is 19. Like we all talk about how Jeter was so young when they faced off in 96, like Andrew Jones was 19 <laughs> playing in the world series. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then I think my last one, at least for like my top eight, was it? Oh, uh, yeah, this one is one that I don't know if we fully agree on, but I put one for uh, a brave Bobby Bray. Um, I think Bobby gets mm -hmm. it was. Yeah, it's not a popular one. I think it was more of an analytics uh, community based one. A lot of people like in the stats head community like it a lot. Um, his he's like the definite like he I think he to play just a little bit longer into like this more like there's the money ball era. And then there's like the, the era that kind of comes after and we're kind of in that weird, like just like pure analytics era. If he had been just like a little later in this era base, we're in, he's probably a lock for the hall of fame. I think he 
yeah. walk a ton, uh, provided good enough power, really good speed, great defense, um, personal connection. I mean, like he was in those Yankees teams that like weren't really they were making the postseason, but they weren't that like, great from what 06 from 06 to 07. Uh, I loved having him here. Um, he was great, honestly. Like his numbers speak for themselves. I think he had over 300 home runs. Let me just double check. Uh, no, he just fell short. Eh, okay, so not the greatest argument. But I mean, overall, OPS plus 128. Um, he just fell under 2,500 hits. Um, 400 stolen bases, though. That's pretty solid, honestly. Um, he walked a ton like that. You know, obviously, walks are going to get you all of fame, of course. But like his defense was really good in right field. He had a strong arm. Um, I think he, circumstantial though, he just kind of played an era where like offenses were obviously at a high, people were just raking in a ton. And then there were just other better fielders out there than him. Um, but his hall of fame stats kind of line up for what, a, a, you know, an outfielder should be for a hall of fame. Um, and I think it's a better argument than saying like, Oh, like Torrey Hunter, like I've seen before as well, has been another, uh, popular option among people. So he's probably my last vote in terms of like the eighth in terms of my top eight, uh, who do you got? All right. So for five through eight, I also have Gary Sheffield. He's in the 500 home run club. Definitely going to be mired again by steroids, but I just think we're talking about, you know, his pure hitting abilities. He definitely belongs to be in there. Um, next, Andrew Jones, 10-time uh, gold glove winner. Uh, I think very understated what he did in the league. I definitely think he belongs. Um, after that, we got the one and only Scott Rowland of the Scott Rowland Hall of Fame. Yes. Um, the Hall of Scott. The Hall of Scott. And <laughs> my number eight pick differs from yours. I have Jeff Kent at number eight. Whoa. Okay. The hothead. Yeah. So I you have MVP, five-time all-star. So I'm – Going off a little bit different, but we are getting into the end of our Hall of Fame picks, so it's a little bit trickier to find consistent and concrete guys that we want to get into the Hall. So, but I'm saying yeah. and over Bobby Breu. I think the whole point of this was just like, okay, getting to like filling out a ballot is not that hard, honestly. Like you can easily do more than one guy or no guys. It, like builders have been doing some people have just done like you know one two three tops yeah. like i you can fill six in easily i don't know why people are so afraid just because they're like oh someone did steroids or something like that like i just it doesn't make sense to me um but once you get to like that let me try to get eight to ten that's where you get in the gray area but uh yeah jeff kent i don't hate that at all um i'm a fan of jeff kent i don't know if i would vote for him personally um did we have two last guy like are our last two guys similar were they the same? Yeah, we have one in common and then one different, I believe. Right. Uh, I well, we'll go. I'll I'll say the one we had in common. We both had Manny as our like ninth pick, I guess. Right. Well, no, I thought we both had. It was Sosa was our ninth. Sosa, pick. sorry, yeah, Sosa was our ninth pick. Sosa, was, we both have the same. Um, his offensive numbers speak for themselves: six hundred six home runs. Uh, his peak, like I think, WAR was like blew way past like what a standard hall of famer should be i think it was like i don't know the exact number. let me double check like what it was but he his offensive peak was easily like one of the best in baseball like of all time honestly the mcguire sosa chase lives on for forever in a 30 for 30 and just everyone like they saved baseball basically in 1998 um and then obviously 
people who you know grew up around our time like coming out out of the dugout in Wrigley after 9-11 running out to right field with that American flag also stands out for a lot of people so I would definitely put Sosa in the Hall of Fame if like if I had to fill out an entire ballot yeah his okay yeah so yeah. his his career war is 70 71.9 the average uh war for a Hall of Famer for a Hall of Fame right fielder is 58.6 yeah I, <laughs> I mean, oh no sorry it's all steroids Right. That's the inverse. That's yeah. Just... yeah. Yeah. That's just, I mean, it so, is, but he made baseball fun. He saved baseball along with Mark McGuire. And Mark McGuire's not in there, so I think you should just get him there. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. J, J, J Hap to the Twins. Eh. Nice. Why would you do that? Anyways. Um, yeah. And then my 10th pick, mine was Manny. Um, yeah. I'm not 100% sold on this one, but I'm going to give you the reasoning why. Um, and this is more just a personal selfish reason. So yeah, doing steroids after the fact and then getting suspended twice, bad. Very bad. Like of course. they told you not to they 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 were finally policing it and they said no, don't do it anymore. Um and he kept doing it. Manny was always Manny. He was one of the best hitters I think we've ever seen. Um quirky as hell. Like he's just one of those personalities in baseball that you can't tell the story without, to be totally honest. Like if you're gonna tell a story about the the O four like O four O seven Red Sox that won those World Series, like Poppy's always gonna come up first. Then for O four, it's like okay, Kevin Millar and Johnny Damon, of course. But like, I don't think you could tell either of those without just being like, yeah, no. There was this other quirky dude who played left field. He cut off a throw from center once for some weird reason. Like he went to go to a bathroom break inside the green. What? Wore sweatpants to a. Essentially, he wore the baggiest pants I think we've ever seen. Like. He wore Junkos at like out in left field for the most part. Um, then he went to LA, like they traded the Dodgers in 2008, and the dude almost won MVP playing only like 50 games with the Dodgers. I don't know how that's possible. Manny Wood, baby. Manny Wood was electric. That dude wore 99 and was just the toast of the town. It was actually amazing. Um, yeah, I don't think you could tell the story of baseball without Manny. That's my chief, like, number one reason why I would put him in. And then number two, um, I desperately need Alex Rodriguez in the Hall of Fame. And he also has a similar track record to Manny where he's also done steroids after the fact um, and then got suspended twice or once, obviously. Uh, so I don't, I can't really be hypocritical and be like, yeah, Manny should not be in the Hall of Fame, but Alex should be. So that's my thought process here. It's not the greatest um, and nor am I 100% sold on him being a Hall of Famer, but I think the Hall of Fame, someone did point out to me, should just be the story of baseball. And I don't think you can tell without Manny. So that's my thought process. I like it. I buy that story. And then my number 10 is Andy Pettit. It's pretty much just personal. Got the Yankee connection, five World Series, three-time All-Star. You know, you're not getting the best pitcher. You know, that's what Roger Clemens is on this ballot for. But I'm trying to fill the 10th slot, and I just didn't – I wasn't as comfortable with the Manny argument as you were. So I just put Pettit on my ballot. Uh, But – I mean, once you get past the six or seven slot, you, you're just having guys on here that are most likely not going to get in or not going to survive on the ballot for very long. So, yeah, um, it's it's wishy washy. It's really tough getting to that full ten. Yeah, I totally understand that. Uh, this I would say is probably the best time to try to fill up a full ten, uh, depending on how you feel about certain guys. Um, yeah. At I least mean, if I had my way, Nick Swisher would be in the Hall of Fame. I think just for most for of his Yankees, Yankees who 
Yeah, for most Yankee fans who grew up in that 09 to 20, like 15 era, basically, like you're going to want Nick Swisher in the Hall of Fame, of course. Uh, <laughs> no, but real talk. I mean, the ballot actually is filled with like a lot of guys who have different, uh, you know, candidacies and claims to why they should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, guys we left off, I mean, like, you know, people have been voting for Omar Vizquel. Um, aside from the personal reasons with him, I just don't feel that attack. Like, he's a throwback shortstop. His offensive numbers suck. They're really bad. His defense, obviously, was fantastic. But, I don't know. They're like, if Ozzy's in, then Omar should get in. But I think it's kind of stupid comparing these two errors, personally. Um, yeah. You want to talk about the big one we left off? Uh, so, Agus <laughs> Schilling, um, yeah. who has endorsed lightly killing or hurting reporters and then has those same reporters vote for him in the hall of fame just didn't sit right with me so i kept him off my ballot um yeah a little was, little little funky my, there yeah yeah at ken rosen at ken rosenthal um yeah. what are you doing buddy yeah we're calling him I, out i'm putting him on put him on the spot he's never gonna listen to this but <laughs> no like i get it like i get kurt had a great career he had his World Series championships, the Bloody Sock, which I have a tough time believing, but that thing um, was a ketchup packet from the McDee's across the street, and you know it. <laughs> yeah, I just his his post baseball life has been not a polar opposite of a Rod since there. It's fifty fifty on a Rod because most people think he's just full of shit. Um, of course, but, but it's it's not it's not that Kurt is helping anyone in any way. Yeah, the, the guy actively, you know, campaigned. Like, he's just, I don't know. He's a hes a terrible dude. He's a terrible dude. And if you want to invoke the character clause for, you know, steroid users, I think yeah, that's weird, personally speaking. Person, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like putting Nazis in the Hall of Fame, like, neo-Nazis in the Hall of Fame, bad. Putting steroid users in the Hall of Fame, like, not great. But, I mean, a lot better. Like, that's part of the history of baseball. Steroids were used. I don't think you should put, like, yeah, no, we let this guy just openly just say whatever he wanted, and we decided to reward him for it. Yeah. Like, if Kurt was a Hall of Famer, like, the minute after his career ended, they're like, all right, like, here's your plaque. Like, you just retired, and now he is the way he is? Fine, whatever. But yeah. uh, the way his life has kind of uh, gone about since then I just don't feel it happening. And it just feels like this year it's a dangerous situation where he might get in because the ballot is so weak outside of the uh, the steroid, the steroid use, which everyone feels yeah. should be in unanimously. Yeah, exactly. Like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, there's no reason other than the fact that they took performance energy drugs that they should not have been unanimous Hall of Famers. It doesn't make any sense. Also, but Pete Rowan yeah that is another one too no but i mean like he gambled as an manager and that's just such a dumb thing but anyways we're invoking our character clause the d-train character clause to not put kurt chilling in the hall of fame um yeah also omar Ken Rosenthal. what omar viscal omar viscal yeah omar viscal allegedly has done some st- yeah that was another thing I, baseball aside like or that aside baseball wise i don't think they're reserving but then character wise it's just like all right what are we doing here this is doesn't this doesn't seem good but yeah, uh, Kurt and Omar, not on our ballots. Other guys who were on this ballot. I had seen arguments with Torrey Hunter. Again, I just think they're weak in comparison to, like, let's say, Bobby Brea or especially Andrew Jones. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, 
And that's basically it. Everyone else here doesn't really have a sh- doesn't have a shot. Hey, Unless Burley. you really think. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Someone went for Mark Gurley over uh, over Andy Pettit. I just, and it wasn't even because of like the perform- because of the HGH thing. It was just like I he just honestly felt that he was a better pitcher. I I, I don't get it. <laughs> Baseball is a dumb sport. That's all I can say. Tr- truly is. Truly, truly is. Well, I don't know. Hey. This was fun, and we solved the Hall of Fame crisis in a matter of fifteen minutes. We did. Uh, once again, I'm asking Theo to hire us. Uh, you know, just we are going to storm the commissioner's office and dethrone <laughs> Rob Manfred and put Theo in place. Obviously, we've been inspired. We're not doing yeah. that. <laughs> We're putting baseball in Nashville. We're putting baseball back in Montreal. We got we got yeah. plenty of plans. We're taking this sport back into the position it deserves as the second best sport in America. God damn Maybe. Do what we can do. If it doesn't happen, and we end the pod. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, I did. Good things were discussed today. Talked about some moral stuff. You learn a little bit. You learn a lot. I don't know. Uh, hopefully you guys like it. Like I said, we're going to try to do. You did learn something? What'd you learn? I learned that the last nine Yankees World Series championships were won under Democratic presidents. And as of today, we have a Democratic president. So the next four years, we have a shot. Wait, those the 90s ones were under all, were all under Clinton? Yeah. No way. What? That's crazy. Yeah. Bush is for one of them. Yeah. Okay. So we're back. We have a shot. The Yankees are back. You heard it here first. We we had that stat for you before anyone else did, obviously. Um not yet. Um, we're gonna try to do more, hopefully. Uh one more quick pace. Hopefully stuff comes out of the pipe. Obviously, like I said, related to us or just the Yankees in general. If there's a big trade or big signing, we'll be back. Um, and then when pitchers and catchers come in, we'll probably do like just a quick recap of how we feel about the roster and uh yeah, we'll probably do some mailbag episodes here and there as well. Uh, people kind of like that uh, from last time around. So, you know, stay tuned. We'll be here. We'll try to tweet stuff out, our reactions and stuff like that too. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DTrain Daily uh, and then at the Dave Reyes and at what's Dave your app? Brink. <laughs> with a Y. With a Y right? in there. With yeah. a Y, not an I in Brink. Uh, yeah. My name. Don't know why. <laughs> I was like, that, like that, that, that is your name. And I was like, what, what else? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we'll see you guys later. That's it.